Today we will address that question, who am I? And also, whose am I? Which is even more important. I'll be in the 10th chapter of John. This is the fourth I am statement of Jesus. The first three, if you'll remember, Jesus said He is the only bread of life. Secondly, He is the only light of the world. Thirdly, that He is the only door or gate through Him if anyone shall enter in, he or she shall be saved. Today today is the fourth. For He says in John 10, verse 11 through 16, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down His life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep, so when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold, this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Well, in the first place, the word good, uh, there's two words in the Greek for good. This word kalos in the Greek It literally means one who has intrinsically good, beautiful, or fair. This particular person is the ideal of the concept of good that others will strive to emulate. So, in other words, if you looked in the dictionary under the word good, you should see Jesus' picture there. Because He is all in all of what that word absolutely means means intrinsically good beautiful fair and then shepherd in that day and age the shepherd was one who was was seen as persons or people who were leaders either religiously or politically the shepherd was somebody that was looked up to as a leader of the people but jesus says that i am the good shepherd he says my sheep know me. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. My sheep know me. They hear my voice. Sheep. He knows each other personally. Verse 3 says, I know each other personally. He says the watchman opens the gate for him. Sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. I don't know about you. I've seen flocks of sheep. Herds of sheep whatever they want to call them. I've been stuck on an old country road, especially over in Eastern Europe, where you can't move the vehicle until the sheep decide they want to move. And sheep have their own mind. You know? They're, they're not very smart animals, quite frankly. And when I see sheep, I don't see what the shepherd sees. I see a bunch of just woolly, smelly animals who are just on their own time frame, on their own schedule, 
gone their own direction and they just don't really seem to know where they're going. They're just going, you know? Sheep. I don't see it. But Jesus says, I know my sheep by name. Now you see, when I see sheep, I just don't see anything but a clutter of, of wool, you know, basically. But now a shepherd is a lot different than I am because he has seen those sheep from the time that they were born until the present time when they no longer live. And so he's watched them grow. He recognizes them. He may look over that, that herd of sheep. And there's one with a floppy ear he knows by name. There's another one that's got a different colored nose on him. He knows by name. Perhaps this one has a different colored hoof. He knows that one too. He knows them by name. And he knows them by their character, their natures. Now this one is kind of rambunctious. He'll shepherd will tell you, yeah, that one right there, that's that's maybe that's Charlie, let's just say. Or maybe that's Susie or whatever the case might be. And that one is, is a very calm and docile sheep. I know that one. That one over there with a floppy ear, well, that one's kind of rambunctious. You've got to watch that one because he strays a lot. He goes out on his own way, and I'm constantly having to go out in the environments and find him. Well, this one over here stays with the herd, never leaves, never strays. That one is, and he tells you the name. Well, Think about that with God on us. The Bible says He knows us by name. Jesus said, I know my sheep. I know them by name. He calls me by name every morning. And, you know, people wonder, what do you want to be called? Call me what Jesus calls me. Sometimes it's son and sometimes it's, it's the full name. You know when your mom used to call you by your full name? You were in trouble have you ever been called by your full name by Jesus? I think we all have. All of us have been taken to the woodshed from time to time. And we're all there. But Jesus loves us as a good shepherd. And He calls us by name. He knows our nature. He knows our character. He knows each one. He knows everything. Well, the interesting thing is, why a shepherd? Why would Jesus... These were people who were well known and the Palestinian area all through the Middle East. You see them today when you go to Israel. They're out with their flocks of sheep, these shepherds. They spend their entire time with them. A boy is born to be a shepherd. From the early time that they are born into a shepherd's family, these boys come out at an early age and start learning how to shepherd these sheep. And they begin to know these sheep by voice, by name by character, by instinct. They know these sheep. And so by the time they get to the place where they are mature enough to stay out on the field, they begin to become good shepherds. He's the good shepherd. They become shepherds. Jesus said there are those that are hirelings. He's talking to these Jewish leaders. He said the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. Good shepherd owns the sheep. But these, are, these hirelings are the leaders in Israel and the leaders today who are 
are not the good shepherd. They've not invested anything in the sheep per se. And so they're the ones that when the first sign of danger comes along, be it a wolf, a bear, a lion, or, or a robber, or whatever the case might be, these hirelings are quick to run and protect their own lives. Don't care about the sheep? Not one whit. Theirs is self-preservation. And so they, these people are those who have come to assume leadership, but really aren't the good shepherd. And the Jews at that day believed that they were the chosen people who had exclusive access to God. And it was only the Jews that had access to God. They failed to understand that when God called them out to be a chosen people, He called them out for the specific purpose of spreading that good news to the rest of the world so that they too might have access to God. Well, now we have Jesus who has come in and the early church was begun for that same purpose. To spread this gospel, this good news, this, this fact that Jesus came into this world to live, to die on the cross for our sins, to be buried and raised again a third day according to the scriptures and that if we would simply believe in Him with our heart, mind, soul and strength, we shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the good news. That's the gospel. And so, here's the good shepherd. And we see this where Jesus says, I have one flock. He says, you know, I lay down. I have other sheep there that are not of this sheep pen, he says. In verse 16. They're not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. Well, what does that mean? In John 4, with the woman at the well, Jesus stayed and taught in Samaria. An area that the, that the committed convicted Jew would not venture into. But Jesus stayed in the villages of Samaria and taught and led them to Himself. Jesus said that simply because a person is descended from Abraham does not guarantee His entrance into heaven in John 8. Jesus also went as far as saying that the Roman centurion's faith was greater than the faith that he had seen anywhere in Israel. In Matthew 8. Then we see the Samaritan leper in Luke 17. Who was one of the ten lepers that was healed. It was the Samaritan leper alone that returned to give thanks and praise Jesus for what he had accomplished. And remember the parable of the Good Samaritan. It was the Good Samaritan traveler. Who in spite of the Jewish leaders. In spite of those who were, were of Jewish extract it was the samaritan traveler who took compassion on the man who had been robbed and beaten and left for dead along the side of the road jesus said in luke 13 that many will come from the east and the west and from the north and the south to sit down in the kingdom of heaven wow so there's going to be people not of this flock there's going to be people from all over the world. You know, I have this image of heaven. Mary Jo and I who have traveled all over the world and seen all, all races, all colors, and, and all stripes of, of Christian faith. We have this image of one day when Jesus comes or if we return to heaven before then. 
having all of these nationalities and all these ethnic groups and all these from different languages. And of course, in that day, we'll speak all one language. And I hate to disappoint some of you, it's going to be with a southern drawl. You're going to leave that table to the land. They'll say, y'all come back to him. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. So the good shepherd knows each one of us personally. Isaiah 49, 16, God said through the prophet of Isaiah, I have engraved you on the palm of my hand. Think of that, that you've got your name engraved on the hand of God. God will never forget you or leave you, or forsake you. He's there always. The good shepherd protects his sheep. Verses 12 and 28, he says, the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. When he sees the wolf coming, he abandons his sheep and runs away. We will never be alone. We will never be abandoned. We will never be without Jesus at our side, at our front, at our back. In front of us and back of us, beside us. He's always there. Hebrews 13, 5 says, He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's always there. He is the good shepherd. The others may flee in time of stress, trouble, turmoil, whatever the case might be. On the days that you feel like you're all alone, that everybody has abandoned you, these are the days that you are assured by Scripture that Jesus Christ is there with you. He's the good shepherd. He will never abandon you, ever. No matter how dire the situation, no matter how dark the experience, He will never, ever abandon you. Now that takes away a lot of of stress in my life because I know He's always there. Because Jesus is the good shepherd, I know He's leading me to green pastures. I know because He's the Good Shepherd, He makes me lie down in those green pastures when I absolutely need to rest. I know that He not only leads me there for my nourishment and for my rest, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He provides everything for me that I need because He protects His sheep. With Jesus as our shepherd, there's always a way out of every predicament every situation, every experience. Now look at this. So many people think, well, I have heard over the years, you can't ever know you're saved. You can never know that, that you're going to heaven for sure. It's never guaranteed in the Scripture. All contrary, my friend. Look at verse 28. Jesus said, these These have been given to the Father. They're in the Father's hand. No one is able to take them out of the Father's hand. And the Father has given them into my hand. And no man is able to snatch them out of my my hand. John 10, 28 says that's the security of the believer. If you have truly trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, there's that security. So now I'm thinking he's the good shepherd who not only knows us and owns us, but He protects us. He not only protects us in this life, but in the age yet to come. He's got me right in the palm of His hand. I have the security that no one can snatch me out of the Father's hand, out of the Son's hand. I am secure 
through my faith in Jesus Christ. Now take that. So those of you that have trouble wondering, how many times have I come to that place in somebody's uh, final stages of life and they say to me, well, Pastor, how can I know for sure that I have, am saved that, and that I'm going to step over into eternity and be with Jesus for all eternity? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord? Absolutely, they'll say. Why are you doubting? Why are you doubting? The promises of God is in John 10, 27, 28. Take it to the bank. He is there. Behold, he said, he told the disciples who were concerned about Jesus constantly talking about his ultimate death, his crucifixion, his resurrection. He spoke about death all the time, but he spoke about it to bring that elephant that was in the room out of the room and to talk about what was going to transpire with him. What did he say in John 14? Fear not. Do not be afraid. I'm bringing you good news. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. He's saying this as the good shepherd to his sheep. Sheep, you'll never leave me. I'm your shepherd. I'm not a hireling. I'm your shepherd. Well, he guarantees our eternal life. He's got these sheep from all over the world coming in. This one flock. Well, now his security destroys our insecurities. Some of us just really have that insecurity about walking with the Lord. And I understand there is no way that you and I can comprehend grace. We can't comprehend it in its scope. We can't comprehend it when it's relating to us. Why would a creator God who has created the universe come to this little planet on this solar system, one of 50 billion galaxies in the universe, and come into this planet Earth, die on the cross for my sins? Does that make sense to you? It doesn't make sense to me. But by faith in His promise, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Charis. That's the word. Charisma comes from that word gift. It is the gift of God. It is that exactly what God is. It's not of works. You can't earn it. I don't care how much you fall back into legalism. You can't earn it. It can't happen. You cannot say that if I check off these particular things, this is what I'm going to do to earn my salvation. You'll never be worthy of entering into the kingdom of God. We can never be worthy. Our righteousness is not found in us. It is only found in Jesus Christ. So this is our provision. This is because He protects us. And so David protected the sheep. He said in 1 Samuel 17 when he was talking to King Saul, I fought the lion and the bear when I needed to. All these great shepherds. I look back over the scripture, you see the patriarchs. You see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all shepherds. You see where Moses was a shepherd. You see where David was a shepherd. Amos and so on and so forth. They were shepherds. 
Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one that you've been waiting for. You are my sheep. My sheep know me. They hear my voice. My sheep will follow me. Do you follow Jesus? Well, Jesus stands between us and whatever or whoever will do him do us harm. Then he says, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Verse 15, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. You know, Jesus mentioned dying for the sheep in these little verses five different times. But it's an interesting thing. He says, if I die for the sheep, I'm laid down my life. The Father has allowed me not only to lay down my life for the sheep, but to take it up again. They had no idea what that meant at that particular time. But then there was the empty tomb. And then it dawned on them. He did lay down his life for the sheep. He was not, he was not a martyr. He was not one that was executed without his permission. He was one that willingly laid down his life because this is why he was born. To become the sacrificial atonement for your sins and mine. And on that rugged cross, on a hill far away, Jesus gave his life for you and for me. No greater love has any man than this, Jesus said, than he would lay down his life for his friends. He called those of us that do his will his friends indeed. So, we are here in the old dispensation. The sheep died for the shepherd. But now in this new covenant, the shepherd died for the sheep. That's just hard to comprehend for us all. That's what grace is all about. There on that, that old rugged cross. Well, He is the good shepherd. Jesus' death was the atoning sacrifice for our sins. In verses 17 and 18, the Bible says, The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I love that, that little scene in, in Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of Christ, where on the cross you see a bloodied figure of Jesus, which was extremely hard to watch. But he crawled to the cross. Men didn't force him into this particular situation. Jesus willingly did it because this is why He came to this earth. To die. To be that yom, last and final Yom Kippur. That day of atonement for our sins. The, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. The Lamb that was slain. Behold the Lamb of God. John the Baptist would say. Who takes away the sin of the world. And in Revelation, when we see Him, we will behold the Lamb who will be honored and glorified above all things. Behold the Lamb. There He is. Verses 17 and 18, He says, No one takes it from Me, but I lay it down of My own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This command I receive from My Father. What if He lays it down and takes it up again, there's an empty tomb. I love when you go to Israel. There are, there are two places that are seen as possibly the tomb of Jesus Christ. Why do we not know 
where the tomb was. It doesn't matter. He only used it for a couple of days. I mean, it's not going to be a tourist trap 2,000 years later. He wasn't there. It's not like George Washington slept here and we put a plaque over there because Jesus Christ came into this world to live, to die on the cross for your sins and mine because He is the good shepherd who lays down His life for His sheep. But if He laid down that life for the sheep, He's going to take it up again so that you and I, through Him, might have life everlasting. Wow. Who could escape so great a salvation? I have no idea. I don't know why when presented these facts, people stay in their seats. I don't know why they stay in their sin. I don't know why they stay in their rebellion. But they do. Jesus knows your name. God has your name as a believer engraved, carved, embossed on His palm. There's Tom. Right there. I know Him. I was there when He was born. I watched Him grow up. I was there when He committed His life to Jesus. I was there. And at that point, I carved His name in my hand. And one day I'll show it to Him. as proof. Thomas said, I can't believe unless I touch the the scars in his hand and and in his side. I can't believe until I see that. So Jesus appeared to Thomas and said, Here. Well, I'm not going to look for the scars. I'm going to look for my name. I'm going to look for my name. He's the good shepherd. Laid down his life for his sheep. He knows you. Do you know Him? Have you trusted in Him as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you given your life to Him as your Lord and Savior? Today, if you would hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Every time we hear Jesus asking us to do something and we put Him off or refuse Him, our hearts become a little harder to His touch. We're no longer as sensitive to Him as we once were. Today, if you hear Him, Don't shut him out. Don't shut him out. Maybe you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity to do just that. Maybe you've trusted Christ, but you've never followed him in baptism by immersion. Maybe you're not a member of this congregation, but you know this is where the Lord wants you to serve. Just jump right on in here. This is a great family of faith. And we, we love serving the Lord. And then for all of us, it's a time of rededication and recommitment to the Lordship of Jesus. Father, I am so sorry that I've had any kind of uh, insecurity about you. I'm sorry that I've had any kind of thing about your life, about my life in you. I'm sorry for my apprehension. Lord, forgive me for these things. I yield completely to you. Take away my insecurity. Take away any doubt that I have. And use me for your glory. This invitation is for you. Let's pray. Our most gracious Father, we do praise you for this day, for the blessings that you've given us in Jesus. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the, for the decisions that are being made as we speak. And Lord, we thank you so much, Father, for allowing us to be in your sheepfold, to allow us to be your sheep. So be with us today. May we thank you, honor you, 
with everything that's in us, Father. Thank you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing the hymn of invitation, and I'll be here at the front to pray with you about your decisions.